Dwellers, and welcome back to Franchise Franchise, the podcast where we look at movie franchises and discuss whether these franchises should have existed beyond part one. Longer intro. Do you like that? It was. And it was, you know, it was on time, too. It was on time. There, was, there weren't those delays that you normally have. People don't interrupt me when right. I'm talking. Right. Rude people. Anyways, I am your host. So there is that you one. Just oh. shut your face, hole. <laughs> Anyways, I am your host. Jeff Bell is always back here. And joining us again for Police Academy 4. Woo! It's Chris Schultz. Hello, Chris. Hello. And hi, Internet. And hi, Internet dwellers. I've been saying that for the last handful of years mm-hmm. because I was trying to find, like, my thing when I said, like, my intro that I always said. And I don't know why I, I say Internet dwellers. It's kind of weird. It is. But it's my thing. I do it on every podcast. It is. I mean, it's what's strange is that you have cameras watching everyone, too. And you um, know that they're sitting <laughs> in their dwelling while they're watching. Uh, no, I I'm, don't. I'm looking at them right now. You is are it? mistaken, sir. Why, why are you turning off the monitor? Well, because you are mistaken. Now get into the bunker. Oh. And hide <laughs> forever. <laughs> Welcome back to the Police Academy franchise. We, uh, we, we watched Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. And boy, I, 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 this movie, wow, okay, so we were discussing about how, like, this franchise has been kind of like a mountain range, right, and like, part one was the peak of the mountain, very high up there, part two, you were in the valley, like, you were treading water because of some river system. Yes. Part three was like, oh, we've hit another little mountain that we got back up again, we were all happy, this one we fell back down the mountain again. I, I don't think we fell nearly as far into the... We're not though. treading water. No, but no, no, We fell a we're, lot further down the mountain we're, than we we're, were. We're... So if one is the peak, if three is three quarters of the... At, we are... I would say this is about half, halfway. Yeah, halfway. It was funny. It was good. It wasn't as good. No, it was definitely not as but good as three and one. I, three and one are still my favorites. Yep. I if, I would I, I would say that people should watch this one... Unlike two, where we said it's garbage, don't yeah. watch it. Oh no! Yeah, watch one, three, <laughs> and four. That feels like that's the trilogy. Yes, <laughs> that is the trilogy of Police Academy films that you need to see. So before we go too far, yes, can we have a moment of silence for the characters that we will lose <gasps> after this, this one? After this one, there's a lot of them. It's like half the cast, isn't it? We lose Nogata. Oh yes. We lose Copeland. We already lost blanks. Yeah, he's we gone lost, already. He, lo- he was gone after the, what, the second one. Yep. Or the first one. Sweet second Chuck. One. I know. Sweet Chuck and Zed. Zed. <laughs> I'm very sad. We lose the police academy. Oh, yeah, because they're not the at actual, the academy. They're, they're not at that building anymore. That's right. And, of course, the biggest loss of all. We are now, well, we will be after this <laughs> podcast. We will be at... Hashtag no Mahone. No Mahoney. This is Steve Gutenberg's last time as Mahoney. And and you know, like, (laughs) you kind of get the feeling while you're watching these last two, at least for me, that Mahoney, like, Gutenberg was definitely, we were discussing this because we we watched this one together. We did. We've been, the first three we watched separately. This one we actually watched together. We got to hold hands this time. Uh, It was was nice. It Um, was nice. You you were a little My hands are a little sweaty, though. Yeah, you get a little clammy. I get clammy and nervous. It was because you spilled red wine all over my my white 
outfit. Yeah, I don't know why you wore a white tux. Well, that seemed a little odd. I, I, it was a formal movie watch. It wasn't after Memorial Day, though. Well, that was the odd part. Okay, fair enough. But <laughs> what just happened? What is going on? This is a complete. Apparently, we're going to the Blue Oyster Bar later. Is what this is where this oh, is going. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. One last thing. That's the other one, isn't it? <laughs> a moment of silence this is for the, the Blue Oyster. This is the final appearance Bye. of it. It's almost like after four, they just went, all right, everything that was good about the first floor, first four, just get rid of it. We don't need anything from that. We're just, we, we're going to. We still have Tackleberry. We still got Tackleberry. We still have Hightower. We have Hooks. We're golden. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all that. That's the real heroes of this franchise. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, um, so after that memorial, it was, it was very beautiful. Thank I love you. the flowers. Thank um, you. Uh, I do want to say there is one good thing about this movie that I was very happy about. While we had lost some people, after, we're going to lose people after this one, we gained somebody for this one. He came back. Lieutenant Harris showed back up again. Yes. And we were ecstatic. Yes. Like, I was so happy that he was back in this movie. And it literally, while while <laughs> him being there, it just made me realize how much he really should have been in the last one. Yes. Like, or the last two. Or the last two. Because he's like, who needs mouth like like because Proctor is his is his assistant now too. And he's working at like the other precinct. Right. Exactly like Bowser was like Mauser was working. It's like what 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 actually happened? Did he like morph into this other person for a couple movies and then came back as himself? No explanation as to where the hell he's even been. No, either. you don't need one. No, well, I know. Again, I'm looking too deep into the so, storyline. <laughs> you, you also have you you also have a return to the Dan Casey defined '80s movie. Yes, for a PG <laughs> film. And by and, the way, this is the movie, as I've been discussing in previous episodes, that I remember, um, um, I'm spacing on her name, the, the female. Callahan. Callahan. Uh, uh, her in the pool, this is the movie that that happened in. I'm like, yes. Why we had to rewind that ten times. Why you were watching it on VHS tape, I don't know. Uh, the copy I had. I have it on VLC loop right now, playing <laughs> on one of my screens. It's also my desktop background and my phone background. Ah, I close my eyes at night and I can see it. No, uh, <laughs> but and, well, and and, and let, let, let's before we get really into the movie, into the story, and all that, because I don't even think we've said the official title. Nope, nope, no. Well, no, I Academy said I said Citizens on Patrol. I did say Citizens on Patrol at the beginning. Or cop. Or cop. Oh my goodness. Like I wonder what. Like I wonder how long it took the writer to be like, cop. cop how can we do something with cop? Cop. You just Citizen, got that, didn't you? Citizen on Patrol. Cop! Oh, beautiful! Like, this is really, this is genius! That was way too much thought for so, a police academy film. this movie came out, what, 87, 87? 87. Yep. So far, this was by far the most 80s music. Oh, yes. Of all of them. Yes, that and, was, that's my first note. <laughs> and it's a nice precursor to Will Smith. Oh, yes. Because, because of, of who does Winslow. the theme song? Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow does the theme song. Citizens on Patrol. For Citizens on Patrol. Like, this movie, of the Police Academy franchise, I think we've seen it as a trendsetter. True. For, for Rush Hour, for Will Smith... This for Revenge of the Nerds. This movie, so many. This movie is just flat out. If, if, if much like how there is like an '80s movie status, this movie is the most '80s movie I have ever seen. Just mm-hmm. across the board, though, because of the music, because of 
Oh, okay, we'll get to that in a second, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you. Was there was you were you were going somewhere with that? Well, I was just you? gonna say when when you and Kim do the mm. the uh, Revenge of the Nerds Would trilogy, you really stop assigning franchises to people. <laughs> <laughs> no, four <laughs> suggestions. There are three of them at least. <laughs> yeah, so I know. it could be done as yeah, a trilogy. There's, there's four. Uh, anyways, <laughs> that's that's what I was gonna say. I was okay, that, okay. That, that you and Kim will be doing the so uh, Revenge let, of the Nerds trilogy. Real quick, let us discuss what the plot, and I say plot very loosely, is for this film. So this one, um, now, so the other three films, it was usually like the governor or the mayor that came up with these wonderful, wonderful, wonderful ideas mm-hmm. to get more people in the police force or whatever. This one. It was Commandant Lassard's idea yeah. to build a stronger relationships between the citizens and the police force by basically training citizens to be cops. I don't know how he has managed to stay in charge of a police academy for as long as he has, because that man is just so incompetent. He has been there for a very, 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 very long time. And he came up with this plot and then immediately went to Europe for that yep. uh, that uh, police, police chief conference. Ball. Yeah, conference, whatever. So it's like, it's like I'm going to do an idea. Bye, I'm gone. And he's gone yep. for it. Yeah. You, who do not, who does not believe in my ideas, Lieutenant Harris, why don't you be the one and to implement why? this? Why would you call on Harris? Of all people, he should know, which is exactly why he is incompetent as uh, he should not be in charge of a, of a police academy. I mean, the third one, he called from Mahoney to help save the day. That is true. You would think he would do that here, too. Maybe he just doesn't have a real great judge of character. <laughs> right. Well, and that, and um, outside of probably being the first name build on this film, yeah. Steve Gutenberg was barely in this thing. Yeah, he's, honestly, he's, like, only in, like, 20 minutes of this film, yeah. like, at most. But this was, I mean, and to be fair to Steve Gutenberg and his acting career, this was right when he blew up. Like, after this movie, he came out with, you know, the, the, the three men and a little lady with yep. high spirits and all that. So, like, he blew up after this. Right. Um, and maybe he had a four-picture deal or something like that with and, Paramount <clears throat> or Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. And then they just were like, all right. Because, yeah, because that's, that's a good segue into the ending of this film. Mm-hmm. I know we're jumping around, but <clears throat> the so, ending of this movie okay. is literally, it's, it's, it's Steve Gutenberg in a hot air balloon. With Sharon Stone, who's in it, by the way. Yep. <laughs> like, we'll get to the other people we'll get to that, the are, other in people that are in this. Because oh my god, there's so many. Oh my goodness, that's half my notes. Is just there in this movie? No. Um, it's it's Steve Gutenberg riding off in a riding off into the sunset in a hot air balloon with Sharon Stone on his arm, drinking champagne. Literally is the sign off for Mahoney. Yep. That is, he's gone. He has a woman, yet another. He's basically Bond. He has a woman, a different woman in every movie at this point. Except for the second one. Except for the second one. Um, but like, he just, he he rides off into the sunset and like, that's it. And and mm-hmm. he found the one police academy balloon, apparently, to ride in. Which well, it's like just, the wetsuits from the last one. It's like, one. where the hell did that come from? So, no. Yeah, go ahead. Like, I don't know, I was going to say with Sharon Stone, um... This may be the least developed relationship. Oh God! Yeah. Out of all of them, she shows up like, she shows up like what twenty five minutes in the movie. Like and I then... think she's like in a scene, and she has like five lines maybe, and somehow she's the big love interest for Mahoney in this. I will say this, however, she does fit the uh, the stereotypical Mahoney uh, love interest appearance. She's good. Look- she's good looking. She's young. She's blonde, and she wears white. 
That's true. Which is what every single one of the, the women that he's loved in the movie. Well, the other two did wear, um, you know, well, blue. They wore uniforms, but they also, they showed up in white at the beginning of the film. I, I have to say, though, the, like, and we talked about this already, but the, the Nogata-Callahan relationship was much more defined in this than the Mahoney relationship yeah. with Sharon Stone. Like, it was just, it was more or less, oh, good-looking blonde, he's with Mahoney, or she's with Mahoney. Right. And and that that's the relationship build. Well, you, that's it. You could argue that the relationship that Zed had in the movie with uh, Laura was more well defined than the Mahoney Absolutely. relationship. It was like, like you understood that relationship happening. It's like I get this. I know she's kind of a bumbling, you know, citizen who joins the squad. But I get it. Like, okay, they're both kind of weird, and they, that's yep. what they like about each other. Got it. Like, you're okay with that love mistress. So, and, and, and let's, you know, another good thing to come out of this movie, and, yep. and we should be thankful, is that this movie kickstarted the career of David Spade. Yes, it did. First uh, theatrical film? First film. Which First is film. nuts. And he plays, like, the most stereotypical 80s, like, quote-unquote, kid like teenager you know skateboarding bright bright neon clothes i mean i mean they made it look like he was skateboarding oh yeah i can't say for sure he ever skateboarded in this film he rode up in that one (laughs) shot on a skateboard how many takes did that take i'm sure that was probably like the 20th and they probably were just like forget it we're putting him on strings and we're pulling him in he's not actually gonna do it but then all the other times there's a okay so not only is this movie heavily 80s in the style of its music um also there's a 10-minute Mentos commercial of skateboarding like <laughs> yes. to a rock 80s, like an 80s like pop rock song. And of, they're just like skateboarding around. Right, and, and one of those skateboarders, by the way, mm-hmm. is a very young Tony Hawk. It's Tony Hawk. Who yeah. was fired from this film, <laughs> but he was in, in a lot of it as the, like, the, the skateboarder. I believe he played David Spade's like stunt double uh, or whatever. That might make sense. But then yeah. he was also like in the gang as whenever he saw other. all of them, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's... It's such a weird movie of people getting like, like this is like it's a weird film for for these actors and these people, these celebrities. If yep. you, yeah, because you can yeah celebrities to be in like police academy, like that's where they kind of got noticed on film, not noticed, but that's where they kind of got their start, and then they went on to do things that are obviously a lot better. Right, David Spade met Adam Sandler and, and just shot made up. his career after yep. that writing coattails. Uh, hey, in all fairness, Black Sheep. And uh, Tommy Boy and Emperor's New Groove are three very good Davis Spade movies. Right, 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 right. <laughs> we're, we're not saying he's Rob Schneider, okay? No, no, no. Rob Schneider literally is writing <laughs> Adam Sandler's coattails the entire way to his bank. To which case then he robs Adam Sandler of money because that's how he gets paid. Right. Anyways, <laughs> um, there's a couple little things that I do want to, I do, I, I, there's, I noticed while we, were, while we were watching this movie, the movie appears to be like 90% dubbed. Like it's it looks that way. It looks like because they look like they did a ton of ADR. Like they redubbed almost all the lines. Like none of the audio was usable for this film. And I'm I'm really curious to know like why if it was just. And also the the quality of it looks more like it's a made for TV movie than an actual big well, budget film. And again, the what in the when we talked about this on the last one, mm-hmm. the amount of money coming in. For these, and probably the money being spent by the studio to make oh, these, yeah. 
they're both going down. Yeah, yeah. Each each film has a lower budget than the last, and each one makes less than the last. That was one of the notes that I I, I commented, which I will bring up on the recap episode. Okay. Um, we'll discuss like the amount of money that the studio paid for each one of these films and the amount of money it made because it's pretty damn ridiculous <laughs> when it comes down to um, there's a fact that it, that that is the how much money the first movie made compared to how much money the next six made. Like it's pretty ridiculous when it comes to it, um, but yeah, no, like so, so, so the ending of this movie is an action sequence that takes place using three biplanes <laughs> or like prop, like you know, classic like stunt airplane planes and hot air balloons. Mm-hmm. Is this the next logical step up from speedboats? From speedboats and jet skis. Absolutely. I mean, is this where you're going? It's like, well, that yeah. was on the water. Let's go in the air. Well, I like the fact that there's so many pilots that are in the police program as well. Oh yeah, everybody knows how to fly. Yeah, everybody knew how to fly at least at least well enough to get a plane off the ground and up in the air and, and stable. <laughs> okay, so and, and remind me, did Sharon Stone fly for Mahoney? I'm trying to remember because I think they were in a plane together. Yeah, I think they she were. was flying. She right, was, she was flying. He jumped from the plane onto the onto balloon. the balloon and rode it down into, like, rode the balloon down into the basket. Into the basket to, to take on the bad guys. Yes. How did she get from the plane to the balloon? She also, little known fact, can teleport. <laughs> Sharon Stone, when she uncrosses her legs, teleports across the country. <laughs> little known well, fact, that everybody. Makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Like, there's. There's, there's one of those things like it, 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 the movie. So so we were discussing like on the first one that Police Academy one felt I at least in my opinion it felt very much so like airplane. It felt like a like a, a spoof movie, mm-hmm. more like kind of making fun of like police shows or, or stuff like that. And as they went along, they you know they get a little goofier, they get a little sillier, but they still kind of at least maintained like a standard comedy. This one started really getting close to just like a cartoon. It actually I could actually see why they made an animated series later on because this felt like a cartoon. It didn't feel like a live action comedy with like a lot of just the the timings, a lot of like just there's huge like not continuity, but there's just like Oh, there's continuity. There's con- oh, there is continuity as well, yes. <laughs> it's just like it, it it felt weird. It didn't feel like a live action it, it it felt like more one of those like cheaply done family comedies. Yeah, you know that are all goofy and silly, and it's like, but it's it's still live action. And you're basically trying to make a live action cartoon right now, and it it just it felt weird, and that was half of why I was just not. I'm like, I mean, I still laughed, mm-hmm. and again, still loved Lieutenant Harris. Yes. but it's just like, ugh. it's like it's really just become. Like this image of just well, it's like it's like a, it's a carbon copy. Yeah, they, this is the fourth carbon copy of the first one, or the third carbon copy of the first one, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse as it mm. goes. Yeah, I can't say I'm looking forward to the next three. I'm very concerned. Um, I really feel like the next three are just going to be one episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk about that. We're going to have to talk about it. We're going to have to at least watch the fifth one, and then we'll come back I think, and we'll discuss. I think five and six would maybe be the same, and then seven and recap. So, um, I will say this, however. Um, <laughs> I have two other notes. Callahan, already... left and right, 
uh, arms. Yes, arms. She has big guns. Because she's got very large guns, and she doesn't need a life preserver. No, um, <laughs> that's not where I was going with it. I have two <laughs> other notes. Otherwise, believe it or not, after 20 minutes, we've run through all of my notes that I have for this film. Um, the um, I would like to say this. Bubba Smith did a really good job in this movie. Yeah, he, had a, he had a much bigger role yeah. in this one than he has in, in all the other ones. He may have had more lines and more plot points in this one combined yeah, than he did. Yeah, the last three. Which it, is great, and he did wonderful in he it. He did wonderful. Like, okay, so we've been kind of crapping on this movie. Let's talk about a couple, real quick, a couple of the good things about it. I like Bubba Smith in this. He yeah. did a really great job. I still liked... Um, I, I, yeah, I can't help that because I am a man. Um, I also do like uh, I like Zed, Zed. Zed and Sweet Chuck. Zed and Sweet Chuck in this movie, I could have, I might have considered uh, a, 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 a spinoff movie with just those two in it. I, yeah, I think they both work, but they only work together. I don't think right. like like number two, it's just Zed. You have Sweet Chuck there, but they're antagonists, right? right? And it doesn't work as well. It would have worked, but once they're together, you you, you need you need because I mean the the bobcat is here and Sweet Chuck is down here, right? You know you need the balance between the two to really get the most out of Bobcat and his comedy. I would have loved to have seen, and I think what would have what would, would have worked with them if they if we were talking about like a spinoff movie with them would be like a film that is very much so like uh, not a buddy cop, uh, basically like a buddy cop, but it would be almost like a, like an Abbott and Costello movie or like a Martin and Lewis movie. Like it would be one of those like it's it's the duo mm-hmm. and it's their adventures yep. of doing something. And it probably would have gone very cliché. They would have both probably been transferred to a different academy or a different police precinct mm-hmm. and just been like it, it would basically it, it's the it's the spin-off TV show uh, story concept is exactly what it would have been like. It'd been you know Zed and Sweet Chuck, you know, like a TV show, like a Perfect Strangers, basically is what it I, would be. I, I, <laughs> I would love to see a TV show where like you know because there's so many cop shows right mm-hmm. now. Just like have them show up in the background, like, in the blue. <laughs> they're basically all the precincts. Like they're in the back of Brooklyn Nine Nine, and then they're basically CSI they're basically and, Rosencrantz and Gilderstein right. or Gildestern right. is who they are. They're just in the background of every police cop drama procedural thing right. on TV. I would watch that show. <laughs> You'd watch every single one. of I those would watch every one of those. Then hell, and those two are like those two are friends. Like yeah, because it was it was Bobcat. I think it was Bobcat that. Made sure that uh, I don't know the actor's name, the guy who plays Tim Sweet Chuck. or something. Right, like, like it was because of him. It was because of Bobcat that he, that the he guy got came, paid. He got paid because they were friends, and they still are friends. What I think is awesome. Yeah, like, and Bobcat basically said, "I'm not going to be in this unless you pay him the same amount." Right, which is really watch really out cool. for him. Yeah, so that's that's it's nice that like because there's no reason he had to do that because no. he was still Bobcat was still young in his career. He could have just. Been like, all right, great, I'm getting paid more. Well, great. I think he, I think he, he was smart enough to know that he was giving a better performance when he had someone to play off against. Oh yeah, and that character is perfect because yep. Sweet Chuck is literally the opposite of Zed right. in every way. <laughs> Though they do, but it's fun when they fight, and then it's fun when they actually like get along. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, it's fun. It's always fun, and like I like their relationship. So their relationship was great in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the fact that Zed. Got a girlfriend because that concept is just weird, but mm-hmm. it works with the characters. Like, oh yeah, of course he ends up with somebody because right. he's not completely batshit crazy. <laughs> I, I had the feeling had they been in the next one that Sweet Chuck would have gotten a girlfriend then too. Yes. Um, we also saw again Tackleberry's wife. 
Yeah, she came and back family. for one scene. For one, a dinner scene. A dinner scene. Um, and then was gone. <laughs> and you never, yep. saw, you didn't see her again. Well, Tackleberry's at the academy. She's still on the force at the precinct. Oh, that's true. Working for uh, Howard Hessman. That's true. So <laughs> there's not going to be a lot of interaction there. That's true. And I even feel like that one scene was a... Not an afterthought, but felt more like a, ah, we should probably put that in. Which I know I was reading online, they were talking about, like, originally they didn't think she was going to be in it, or she wasn't going to be available, or something like that. So they didn't write her into the film. Well, then she turned up to be available, so they just, like, they (laughs) basically... Fortunately, the rest of the family was available, too, because because they're nobodies. What are they doing? (laughs) Well, the one is Jerry Paris's son. Yeah. And I guess he was probably not up for much because his dad had just died a year ago a year before <laughs> this came out well well a year before it came out but when did it start being made like eh, it's a tough decision tough thought um and then my my last big note that i have which <laughs> was probably the pinnacle of ridiculousness in this movie possibly the rest of it i'll have to wait and see after we watch the next three is that at one point there is a scene where there are three cops fighting six ninjas on a pirate boat. That's true. I never thought, <laughs> even as goofy as ridiculous as Police Academy 1 was in spots, I didn't think that's where we would ultimately end up with one of its sequels. That it's it's cops versus ninjas on a pirate boat. Like, it's... And it goes on for like 10 minutes. It's it like just, a fight scene. It just tells you where is this going. Yeah, it's like... Whoa. Wait, why? Did they ever explain where the ninjas... No. That was just ninjas, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. I mean, ninjas are classic 80s bad guys. That's true, and they're just out. They're just always hiding, yep. always sitting around waiting, waiting for somebody to show up, and, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. they divvy them off in the day. They're like, all right, Tim, Bob, you guys go down to the docks and hang mm-hmm. out by the pirate ship. You know, Scott, you go out by the trees. You know, Harry, you just stay here. You know, wait for somebody to, you know, flank us here at our headquarters and I'm going right. to take a coffee break. Like, literally is, they're just ninjas were everywhere. But you don't see them because they're ninjas. Right. Because they wouldn't be good ninjas. Yeah, they wouldn't be good them. ninjas. They'd, they'd be dead ninjas. They'd be horrible ninjas. So, <laughs> let's, uh, let's use ta- hashtag no Mahone on the Twitter. Okay. Hashtag no Mahone. And share your favorite Mahoney moment. <laughs> From the first four films. From the first four. I, I will share mine. Yes, I'll, I'll please. start with mine. You go first. My favorite moment came in the first movie. It's when he peeks his head out from under the podium <laughs> and looks at Lassard, and Lassard looks at him, and then he puts his head back into the podium to hide. <laughs> that was my favorite I'll take that. moment I'll of take that. Mahoney. That is a very good Mahoney moment. Very good Mahoney moment. I don't know. I, I feel like um, I actually, <laughs> as ridiculous as it sounds, his uh, the the action sequence from the end of the third one when they're on the jet skis, pretty damn entertaining. Like it's yeah. just fun. It's like oh, he's not a complete creep. Like he's actually trying here. No, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. Sorry, I take that back. My favorite Mahoney moment is him trying to get into, get, try to get into the into the gangsters, into the, in the thugs in the end. From number two, two. From number two, that is the, out of the, the horrible mess that two is, <laughs> that moment is the best when he's there and he's like, he's, he's what, he's, he's busting like the telephone, like right with that. that whole bit when he's undercover. That is my favorite Mahoney moment. Hashtag no Mahone. Um, yeah, so I think who, you know, the five people listening, Hashtag, na- hashtag no Mahone yep. on, on Twitter. 
let us know your favorite Mahoney moment yes. from either if if we reminded you in our discussions of these first four episodes, or if you have seen these recently. Let's let's see our favorite. I mean, <laughs> we are not going to see Mahoney anymore. The, nope. the the next three films are going to be like, I can completely see, completely understand why Steve Gutenberg said no to this. Yeah, why well, he didn't want to come back anymore. Or what we could do? Ooh, interesting. We could discuss where Mahoney would have worked in the film. He would have. He would. He would have replaced the not Mahoney. Yeah. So whoever becomes Mahoney, which that might that's an interesting thing we should dissect on the next couple ones is. Who has become the Mahoney character? Like, who is now supposed to be replacing Mahoney? Like, of the of the the ensemble that's yeah. left, who is supposed to be the new Mahoney? Um, just because that <clears throat> that'll be fun. That's give there that gives us something to talk about for the next three. Besides, I'm assuming how horrible they're gonna be. Uh, <laughs> I like the one joke that they did. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it's gonna be. It's gonna be part two all over again. Um, yeah, no, this movie is just. It was Citizens on Patrol. <clears throat> Between the music, the clothes, there's a whole sequence that took place at a mall. The uh, yeah, the fact that it was a it was it was that '80s style theme song where the title of the movie was in the theme song. Yep. You know, again, well before Will, <laughs> Will Smith. Smith started doing it. Um, wild Wild West. But like it, like that, and then which is like Sharon Stone and the bright colors. It just it is such an '80s movie yep. from beginning to end. Without it being an '80s movie, seriously, yeah. the ten-minute skateboarding sequence that well, has it, it, it no is an plot. '80s movie. It is an '80s movie. It is an '80s movie. Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> like the first Police Academy did not feel dated. No, it, you could it could have took place five I mean, years ago. First, I mean, as I, I mean, there were some things that you saw, whether it be telephone booths or or just the cars that they're driving, yeah. stuff like that, that that aged it. But the jokes and everything felt fresh and and, and good. And this one, yeah, this one definitely felt it came straight out of the 80s. Like, yep. pop culture was all over it. And, uh, yeah, just... It, it sucks because you can really see the, the decline. Though it's not like a, it's not a, it is not an actual gradual decline. You know, at least until this point, it's been kind of a weird, rocky, bumpy decline. Yep. Like you said, because part three was a lot better than two, but then two and four were a lot worse than one and three. Like, it's weird. And... Now I'm. I think. I think we're hitting our decline. I think we're hitting that spot in the in the the franchise. But I don't know. I, you know what? Hey, I could be wrong. Maybe I, six is fantastic, and I we're am, just forgetting yeah. it. You know, I don't. I am know. just happy that like like one thing. Like I would say, if you're gonna watch these as a trilogy, one, one, three, three and four. four. Third one's always order. the worst. Yep, in that order too. By the way. Yeah, third one's always the worst. <sighs> Yeah, it is always the worst. <laughs> Coming <laughs> off of watching the uh, new X Men movie, yeah, uh, <clears throat> not but, saying it was the worst of so, the new trilogy. No. So I, I don't have much faith in five, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. I don't have much faith in those. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, to, to the question that we always have to answer, I'm done. Like, so, so at this point, like, yeah. So, this, yeah. so we're at that point in the, in the podcast. Yep. This is probably a short episode too, because. I am running low on stuff to talk about with this movie. There's so, not as many plot points. I mean, that's the thing. Like, with the last one, it was a thin plot, but there were so many more plot points to oh, talk yeah. about. One of my other notes was that the, the story for this one, for part four, felt all over the place. There yeah. was no, like, it, it felt no like... There's no cohesion. No, there was... I mean, yeah, you get the first time movie was very much so a bunch of, like, vin- like little moments and yeah. bits, but there was still at least a overall story that kind of kept the thing drive, driving forward. This one literally was... <coughs> We are bringing in citizens. And they're going to fail because Harris is in charge. Yep. That is the entire plot. There is 
there's nothing. There's nothing else to the plot besides that. Like, and it's so thin, it just falls apart. So, yeah. so by doing that, yes. Yeah, so, so knowing what we've known and what we've had, we've had four police academy films at this point yep. in time. You're saying no, no more. You, if you walked into the theater having seen part three and went, oh, they actually kind of redeemed themselves. All right, I'll give them a chance on I'll four. I'll give them another one. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they just got their bad out of their right. system. And then you saw this. Yeah, I'm you're done. Like, nope, we're done. This but is this. At is. least it's a better ending to it than two was. Because at two, we both were out. Yeah. We were out on two. We were out on two. It's like, no, because why? Three brought us back in. <clears throat> Four, not nearly as bad as two. Not nearly as not bad. Nearly it's as much, bad. much better than two. Right, but it's still. But it's still, it's a decline from three. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what? At least they're ending on a better note than yeah. what the sour note that two gave you. They still kind of, they still kind of wrapped up things because and michael winslow actually rapped and he actually rapped he literally wrapped up the movie the movie wrapped at the end the end and the beginning and it actually said the end at the end of it yes which i don't think the first three did i don't i don't remember, I don't remember seeing like this one actually has the end come up when the balloon's going off in the yeah distance. i wouldn't be surprised i am kind of surprised we didn't see anything like this but my guess is that Steve Gutenberg had a four deal picture mm-hmm. with Warner Brothers for these movies. And like they maybe done. after the first one and, was and successful. And they thought, yeah, they yeah, maybe he signed for three more. Yep. And so he was done. He's like, I'm not gonna renew guys, I'm sorry. I have you know I'm I have I'm, other projects. I'm a star now. I was in cocoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that movie, right? Um so but a bunch so of old people I, so I, I'm sure, like the studio and all that, were were probably like, okay, yeah, we're, we can be done at this point. Until they saw, like, okay, you know, the people we're gonna have here are not gonna cost us much. Yeah, they got rid of the high profile people. Yeah, they got rid of probably really, paying for the the police academy. Because Steve location. Gutenberg was gonna be number one for mm-hmm. like recognition. Bobcat's number two. Yeah, and he's gone after and he's this gone one. as well. And Tim was making as much money. Sweet Chuck was making as much money as Bobcat. He's gone. Yep. So probably the three people that were making the most money are gone. Are gone. And then and then what if 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 this is the last movie where they actually film at the police academy or not the police academy? I know it was like in a it was an asylum yeah. beforehand, which I thought it's was, like which, asylum. Which you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, that's that what it sense. looks like an early 1900s police uh, like yeah. a, a insane asylum basically. But like. I'm sure that probably also was not cheap to rent to use. No. So that makes sense if this is the last time the studio went it is. went, "Oh, yeah, we got rid of the costly actors. We got rid of possibly the costly location. So we'll just put them elsewhere." Well, because they I know they filmed the most of them like in LA, like they start because they they were filming up in Canada. Well, now they're just in LA. So now these kind of almost become really cheaply done almost independent movies it's like yeah. it's like oh well we don't have any of that cost anymore we're just gonna kind of here's five million go make another one like whatever just go, go make do, one and, yeah and as long as it makes the money back we don't care and it, it just literally became that that's a really good insight so that's something we need to look at i i will look at at least i'll look at quality wise like not not quality of the story and stuff just quality of the film like well, quality of the story though too like did they did they go cheap even everywhere, with story. Like, like with writing, is this and just a directing. TV show? Plot? Yeah, is it becoming like a long TV show? Right. Um, you know, it's putting them in odd situations because you got Mission to Moscow coming up and and Mission, Mission to Miami. Miami. Yeah. So you're putting them in 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 sitcomish situations, fish out of water type of things. Yep. Yep. So 
you know, I I just hope. So we've talked about four, five, six, and seven for the last five minutes. <laughs> I hope you. we have as much to talk about. Well, yeah. That shows you just how good this one was, guys. City well, Under Siege. That's what I could not I, remember what the, the subtitle for six was. I, I you know, and, and I do think that we talked a long time on two because we're more more or less disappointed mm-hmm. how bad it, how good one was compared to two. Yeah. And three, we talked about a lot because again, we because how it. good it was. Yeah. So I will say though, an answer. So I don't think you've answered yet. I'm sorry. No, I but I would agree. I would agree that this film does not. I, I, I'm right there with you on it because you know you. you <laughs> What is it like? You fool me once, shame on you. You fool me twice, shame on me, or whatever that is. Or Ten no, times. vice versa, whatever. Um, <coughs> strike that, reverse it. No, but like whatever. So it's like like the the first, the second one being like, oh, it wasn't as good. Fine, I'm done. Third one comes out. Oh, it's it's better. Oh, oh, this is a lot better. Yeah, and the fourth one comes out. I will be a little skeptical because it's like, well, you did burn me on the second one, but you made up for it on the third one. So all right, why not? And then seeing this, I would have been like, yeah, no. Nope, I'm done. Yep. I don't care if they make a five. I don't even even if they do make a five, I'm not gonna go see it because I you you've lost me. This is you're you're just you're going back. You're 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 repeating yourself. You got lucky with the third one, and then the fourth one just showed what you really were doing. It wasn't. It was just a fluke that the third one was good. But don't worry, listeners. The magic of the podcast. We will be watching five, six, and seven. Yes. Unfortunately, we will be watching us. <laughs> That's the beauty of this podcast. We watch it so you don't have to. Um, <laughs> that's a thing. Um, but yeah, no. So I, I agree. No, no more sequel. I don't. I don't want a part five. I don't even. Ca- I couldn't even come up with what I think a part five would be. No, because it's like I know we're just. It's they had biplanes versus hot air balloons as the final. What? Can you do well past that? Exactly. And that's exactly Spelunking? where I'm sitting at. Like, it's becoming, we joked about this in the end of part three, that they were doing jet skis and boats. And, like, it was very much so, like, a cheaply done Bond film. This continued that train uh, or that 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 theme of being, like, well, like, oh, well, it's planes and, like, let's put, let's put them in the air of this one. Like, it's it's a big, like like, quote-unquote, action stunt sequence yeah. that just is like, oh, well... That's where all the money was spent. Yeah, it has to be. Like, 90% like of the stunts. budget was yeah. the stunts in the finale. They, so a guy actually jumped from the plane and landed on a balloon and yeah. slid down. It wasn't Steve Gutenberg, but it was somebody. It was somebody, and darn it if I don't know his name. We don't. <laughs> we, we don't at all. Men. <laughs> you don't know stuntmen. But yeah, so no more police academies. However, yes, as uh, Chris, as you said, through the magic of everything and how much I am committed, we are committed to this podcast, we will in fact be watching the next three police academy films. So whether or not they are in one episode or not, we will wait and see. Um, I guess just wait and see what the title is for the next one. It's very possible. It's, it's just It's just one. This is the and last time I can play this. I know it is. And with that music, guys... We are done. We're wrapping up. A very short episode for a very crappy film. Um, Chris, well, not a very, not crappy a very crappy. Film. Just uh, not as I'm, enjoyable. I think this song should probably end every episode of Franchise Manchester. Mm, it's not gonna I, happen. I think so. It's, no. it's become a theme we song. have a. Well, it's even a theme song for this series. We have a. Well, we end have an theme. opening, but this is the end no, no, theme. We have an end theme. I you think, have been covering it with this piece of music. I think other people would agree that this is a better end theme. Mm, I would disagree. Well, most people. <laughs> so, but with that, is there um, where can people find you online, Chris? You can find me many places uh, at Badger Colfax on the Twitters. On the Twitters, and remember, 
Hashtag no Mahone, your favorite Mahoney <clears throat> moment. Yes. We have to check that now. We will, we will have to check it. Or I guess, really, you guys could do it on Facebook, too. Right. Twitter or Facebook, but... Um, you can hashtag. find me on uh, The Rewatchman. Yes. Where you will find a lot of uh, X-Men things up soon. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Um, and also on Podcast Mania. Fantastic. That's the uh, horror... Yep. The, the, the horror podcast that you do so well, yes. correct? We okay. review porn movies. Hey, that's my next podcast. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, the Debbie Does Dallas franchise. Porn Schmorn. With Dan Casey. <laughs> porn Schmorn. That's my new one. Oh, and also on uh, Watch for Chris and Max Review Movies. Oh, yes. That's off Ghost Hat. On Ghost Hat. Bye, Chris. So I think that theme would just work so well at the end of everyone. No! <laughs> uh, can you imagine that at the end of uh, uh, the next one that you have with Jessica? Yeah, no. That's why we're not doing do, do, it. Do, 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 do. It'd be perfect. I can't think of anything better. It's going to be so anticlimactic. I, I feel my contribution to this show is that if I can leave one thing, it's that. No. <laughs> if I get killed tomorrow, will that be the theme okay, at the end? if you get killed tomorrow, it will be the theme. Okay, but good. now that this is a... on the podcast, that's going to be very suspicious. <laughs> I already have a death certificate all written up. All right, so then this part's cut out of the episode. <laughs> all right, goodbye, everybody. Bye. This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending.